Amen. If you would turn your Bibles to Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. It says, In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. You know, all of us have a life story, not just me. Like, pastor just say, you know, I was born here, I did this, I did that. All of us have a, a life story, and all of us have different chapters in our lives. My, my uh, first chapter started 81 years ago in Maya West, Puerto Rico, like my uh, like pastor said, the youngest of five children. And just like everybody else, you know, like most of us, I would say, I have my terrible twos, terrible threes, terrible tens, terrible twenties. I probably am still in my terrible 81s. But in my terrible threes, along with my uh, cousin, we burned my great-grandmother's mattress in her house. That was nothing to me because I didn't know what I I was doing. At the age of three, my family moved to Puerto Rico. I mean, to uh, New York. To uh, got to the Bronx, it wasn't like it is now because a couple of years uh, ago, my kids on my birthday, we were traveling and they said, "You want to go see the old neighborhood?" And we went, and I was depressed from what I saw, from when I grew up to how it is now. But at the age of three, we moved to Puerto, uh, to New York not knowing any English, not knowing anything, not knowing anybody there, but my family had the needs because of financial needs. We moved to New York. I went through school in New York, and uh, like everybody else, like most of, uh, most of us, I did different things. I uh, really enjoyed the, uh, you know, that was a new chapter in my life, going from Puerto Rico to New York. Got to New York, we uh, were there for uh, 15 years. We lived in New York, I did all my schooling there. I did all my schooling there. I uh, graduated from high school. I really enjoyed the uh, uh, seventh, eighth, and ninth grade because I was in an old boys class and we were all the same, three years we were the same people. Nobody came in, nobody went out. So, but all of us know that every time you go from one place to another, you change. You meet new people, you meet new friends. You you start all over again. Don't ever be afraid to start all over again from after graduation, my father, uh, I went to the like, pastor said, like pastor said, I didn't know, uh, I knew Spanglish, not Spanish. My brother filled out my uh, paperwork for college. I went to college in Puerto Rico. After three months, I had to resign, I had to leave because the only classes I was passing was English and ROTC. In Spanish class, I couldn't even uh, say the words. 
I said one word one time, and the professor kept asking me, what did you say? And I kept saying the same word. What did you say? And I kept saying the same word because it was a bad word what I was saying because I didn't know what, 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 how to say it. Uh, then I quit college, went back to uh, New York, but my dad got sick. We, we all moved back to Puerto Rico. I uh, didn't have a job, didn't have anything, so I decided to join the Army. This was uh, around 1962, 1963. I went three times, and every time I went forward, nah, and I failed the test, so they didn't take me. Then finally, I got a job at that time, working in a bank, a bank, and this is uh, around 1963, my pay, was $192 a month. But that was years ago. I uh, worked there. Then Vietnam came around, and I was one of the lucky ones that got chosen to join the uh, military. I went to the military. I, I uh, went there and uh, went through basic training. Got back home in 19... 65, this was 60, uh, 64, they drafted me, 65, I went back home, and uh, I, re I went back home, and when I went back to my unit, where they assigned me in New York, 14 days later, no, 12 days later, 12 days later, I got a call from the Red Cross that my father had passed away. So the uh, fellow so soldiers, they collected money and they bought me a plane ticket and I went back to Puerto Rico to be at my father's funeral. But at my father's funeral, I saw that we were not saved. None of us were saved. We didn't do any killing. We didn't do any... Uh, you know, we didn't do anything bad, but we were not saved. We, we knew about God because in the Hispanic uh, culture, you're born Catholic. No matter what, you're born Catholic. As a matter of fact, I remember that when I was born, I was born a sick child, and my mother went to a, a priest to baptize me before I died. This was when I was... A, you know, years, uh, even a year before, uh, a year old. And she went to a Catholic priest, and the Catholic priest he said he didn't have time. So she went to a Episcopalian priest, and he came and baptized me. But when my father died, I went back home, and I saw how my mother and my sisters had to be under... Uh, injections to keep them calm because they were all over the place. We, uh, I went to the funeral. I went back to uh, to uh, New York, but before that, when I had gone for uh, 
When I was working at the bank in around 1963, we used to make trips. My uh, parents, since I was the only uh, single one living with them, my uh, parents and I, I used to take them to my grandparents' house every, every month or every other week just to visit, visit with them and see them. And it just so happened that on one of those trips, I saw this beautiful girl coming out of my grandfather's and my grandmother's house. And right away, love her, for I say, I saw her, she saw me, she saw that wavy hair I had, and she <laughs> fell in love with me. And I started writing to her, to my mother, my grandmother, my aunt, everybody. When I came uh, back home and to my uh, father's funeral, I uh, went to visit, you know, my uh, girlfriend at that time. I went to visit her. And uh, have any, uh, any, anybody here ever driven in a really bad snowstorm? You know, and in Puerto Rico, they don't have snow. But I remember a friend of mine, a co-worker of mine, one time he used to go visit his parents in another part of the island. And he went, and it was pouring rain. He couldn't see a thing in front of him. And he's following the light in front of him, you know, the backup lights in, back, in the front, car in front. And all of a sudden, the car stops, and he stops. And all of a sudden, this gentleman gets out of the car and says, what are you doing in my driveway? He followed him all the way to the driveway. He thought he was in the road. So, but when I went to visit my wife, uh, my future wife, I asked her if she'd marry me, and she said, yes, but you have to talk to my parents. I talked to her mother, and her mother says, you gotta talk to the father, you gotta talk to the grandmother. <laughs> so, I took the opportunity one day, and her uh, father was gonna go to work, he worked at a uh, store, and I said, I was with my uh, cousin, who was my, uh, what is it they call it, chaperone, and uh, I said, oh, I'll take you, I'll take you. I had a Volkswagen, a two-door Volkswagen. My cousin, my, uh, cousin opens the door, and here comes the gentleman with a machete. And he puts it on the floor, and I say, oh, this is bad. This looks bad. He's going to cut my head off. It was because he came home at night, and when he came home, there was a lot of loose dogs on the road, and sometimes they jumped on him, and he, he would wave the machete in front of them. So I asked him, he said, oh, no, whatever his mother says, whatever her mother says. So uh, that was good. I uh, got married September 4th of 1965, which as a matter of fact, is the same day that Pastor's grandparents got married, but not 65. 
they got way before me. But uh, evangelist Herb Hoover and his wife, they were married on September 4th also. We uh, got married, we moved, she moved to our house. Uh, we bought a house in another part of the island, in another part of uh, San Juan. We bought a house. That was another start to uh, my life, another start to my life. We went there, and uh, my daughter was born. I was working. I was working, and as a matter of fact, I wasn't the one that took my wife to the uh, hospital. It was my brother-in-law, because I was working. By the time I got home, he crossed me on the way. I had to turn around. My daughter was born <clears throat> August 23rd, 1966. And then we continue. That made a new change in my life. That, that was another chapter that I had to write because now I had my wife, my daughter, my, and myself, plus my grandmother and my mother lived with us. Then a year later, my son was born. Praise the Lord for that. He was born August 8, 1967. We, uh, they separated by a couple of weeks. She's two weeks old, uh, well, a year and two weeks older than him. But we, uh, we uh, started, you know, started going to church and then not, not we, excuse me, uh, we didn't go to church. What I used to do was my uh, brother, his wife, his son, and his daughter, especially his daughter, would say, come to me and say, Uncle, take me to church. I said, yeah, I'll take you to church. No, but come, no, no, no. If I go to church, the church is going to burn down. If I go to church, Pastor Cortez is going to die right there. So I would take him to church, leave him at church, go home, and then, oh, they're getting out now. So I would turn back and go pick them up. And she was, oh, no, come to church. Come come to church. I know you. And kept praying. I guess she kept praying that, you know, that I would really make a decision for Christ. At the age of nine, she passed away. And at her funeral, I saw the difference between my uh, mother and my mother and sisters and her parents, the difference of being saved and not being saved, because they were delighted, like David says, he won't come to me, but I'll go to him. They said the same thing. And I saw the difference in, uh, in September of 1973, nine members of our family made a decision for Christ because of her testimony and the prayers. We uh, started going to church, but I was a receiving receiving Christian. I didn't give nothing out. I just took everything in. At prayer meeting, prayer meeting is nothing like here. Well, the service there, pastor's been there, and, uh, well, he wasn't there when the Nan Cortez was there, but uh, his father and mother were, and they know that 
as Sunday school, the pastor, would, you know, would teach his class, and all the other classes would be in the other, uh, other parts of the uh, uh, property, you know, different rooms and whatnot. At uh, time for the service, the bell used to ring. They used to have a person come around ringing a bell, and pastor would be there. Yeah, like I said, in John says he would be starting at at that time. He would be starting the Sunday school, so they had to cut, cut, cut. They would come in and tell him to cut. He would finally give up. Then the service started, and he would say, "Turn in your hymn books to." Uh, him, blessed assurance. And then he would say, blessed assurance, Jesus is right. Did you hear his dad? Did you, did you see what he says there? And he would preach a message for about five minutes on that verse. And he, the, the service hadn't even started. So you got out of there at one o'clock, people would start getting up and walking out. And on Wednesday night, was the same thing. My kids were still six and seven years old. So what I did was I used to sit down, you know, and when they say, okay, let's go to prayer meeting, like Pastor says, you know, uh, you know, break into groups, I would say, no, I can't move. My kids are asleep on my, on my knees. I can't, I can't move. And I would stay there. I went visiting once with the pastor. And when I went, that was, uh, to me, you know, it was the first and only time that I went because we went to visit a, a deaf family that only the son knew how to speak. And we were there until one o'clock in the morning on a Tuesday. And I had to go to work the next day. I said, Never again am I going to go visiting. So winning is out for me. Like I said, I never did anything. I just went to church. And, and uh, were there, learned the lesson, heard the preaching. And I got a blessing out of it. Had fellowship with everybody. Uh, the pastor, uh, I think the pastor was there. The uh, first time we went, that the uh, pastor, that there now, Pastor Cortez's son, because Pastor Cortez passed away years ago, he asked me to give a testimony, you know, of how things were going in our lives. And I got up there and he said, but don't do, do, don't look, don't do like your mother. Because my mother used to go, get up there and she would preach a message for about half an hour and just in a testimony. So he said, no, don't do that. We uh, started going to church. And uh, like I said, we had good, good days. We had bad days. We had good chapters. We had bad chapters, but never gave up. In 1980, I was serving in the reserves, and I got a memorandum saying that they were hiring people for the active duty part of military in different parts of the uh, states. They had two positions 
for what I was in. One was in Milwaukee, and the other one, I forget what it was, I think it was in St. Louis. And I put it in, and two weeks later, I got a notice that I was selected for the 84th Division, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. I said, 84th Division, what is that? I, never, I had never been in this part of the uh, country. My kids didn't know English. My wife didn't know English. I was the only one that knew English. But my wife has said that, that she would pray every day and she said, if the Lord tells me that we should go, we should go. And one day I came home from work after I received the letter. One day I got home from work and my wife said, we're going. And I said, why? She said, because I opened my Bible and it opened up to uh, Genesis 12, where the Lord tells Abraham to leave his country, leave his country. She says, the Lord is telling us to leave. Here in, the, in Milwaukee, all, all I knew about it was the Green Bay Packers, the uh, Milwaukee Braves, and the Bucks. That's all I, that's all I knew. We had one uh, person that was a friend, uh, friend of, of my wife's relatives back in Puerto Rico, Cesar Pabon. Many of you probably have heard of him. He used to be a famous boxer, wrestler. He's, uh, now he's at about 96 years old. He, he's in New York, he's in uh, Milwaukee now. He lives in Milwaukee. He uh, gives uh, physical therapy. And, uh, and then my uh, boss, where I was working, she said, well, there's a young couple there that he moved to Milwaukee and he's working with the government. His name is Bayong. And I said, okay. And I said, okay. And we came. That was a new, a new venture. I came in November. I came in November, not knowing anybody. They told me when I reported to the 84th Division, they told me, you have to, where, where, where are you gonna stay? I said, Hotel, I don't have any, nobody here. So a Mormon captain told me, no, you're going home with me. I lived with them for a month. Let me tell you, we might say, you know, that they don't have, but I didn't have problems with them. They didn't have problems with me. We never discussed uh, religion. As a matter of fact, he loaned me his car to come look for churches in Milwaukee. They lived out in Waukesha. I came, I came to uh, Milwaukee, like Pastor said, went to uh, Pilgrim Baptist Church, got out of the car, coming up, all of a sudden, this young man comes up, hits me on the chest, he put a pin on my side, you're on my team. I said, what are you, crazy? I don't even know you. He said, no, I'm from Pilgrim Baptist Church. That was Pastor's uncle. And he says, I want you on my team. I got, I got, I got, I got on his team, we won. <laughs> After that, 
I kept going to the church. After that, we kept going to church. I kept going to the church. And uh, after a while, I told evangelist Herb Hoover that I wanted to join the church. You know, he says, well, if you want to join the church, are you willing to work? And as most, many of you know, when I talk to you about membership, I always ask, are you willing to work? And I said, oh, yeah. I said, well, you know, probably not for me. I drove bus, a passenger, 66 passenger bus. I went so winning. I did everything. I taught classes. I did everything. That was a new adventure I had. My family got here in December, not knowing anything. We uh, stayed, and I had already got an apartment. And like I said, I had gotten an apartment before they got here. And we came here with no relatives, no friends, and, and not knowing anything. When we moved into the apartment, we had probably 40 or 50 relatives because everybody in the church was family to us. They even lent us, before the uh, household goods came, they loaned us everything. We uh, moved in the next morning when my wife and kids wake up, woke up. We were going to take, we were going to go to the school to register them. My wife says, what's that white stuff on the ground? I said, that's snow. What? <laughs> she thought it was sand. It was snow. She never missed snow. My kids didn't have uh, boots. They didn't have anything. They had shoes from Puerto Rico. Went there. Let me tell you. Everything was a new adventure we had. You know, many of you have had the same thing, that you've moved from one place to another. And we went. We, uh, we used to go shopping. We lived in West Dallas. We used to go shopping. And we used to carry bags of food, about three inches of snow, and we were walking in to get to the apartment. After five years here in Milwaukee, I didn't have a car or anything. I used to take the bus. After five years in Milwaukee, the military says, you've had enough coal. We're going to take, send you to a warmer weather. So they sent me to Indianapolis, which isn't that warm. In Indianapolis, we started going to a church, Faith Wave Baptist Church. As a matter of fact, the first day we got there, we went to East, East Side Baptist. No, East Brooklyn, West Side. We went to the one church, and they said, oh, no, no, come with us, because we're merging with another church. And we went to the other church, and they merged. And that other church, after a while, they uh, made me a deacon, I worked in the church. As a matter of fact, I praise the Lord for going there because they were the ones that, uh, what do you call it? Or ordained me to the ministry after years. 
And after three years there, they said, you got warmed enough? We're going to send you someplace else. So they sent me to Rochester, New York. And before that, I had said, oh, let's go, let's go to Niagara Falls. We had never seen Niagara Falls. We went to Niagara Falls. We said, we probably never would go there. After that, we went about 14 times to Niagara Falls. I knew every fall, I knew every drop that came down by name because we went there so many times. We moved there, but uh, we had to uh, come to, uh, in Indianapolis, as a matter of fact, Pastor says that uh, in 1991, we came, we came to Milwaukee. But in Indianapolis, after a while, we started, I had talked to, uh, talked to Pastor uh, Evangelist uh, Hoover, and he, had, he said, why don't you come here? And he even wrote a letter to the military saying that he needed me here in Milwaukee. But the military didn't pay attention to that. But we used to come here every week. Every weekend we used to come here. We left. We left at, uh, if it was uh, the whole family, we came on Sunday. We came. I preached. We went back. If it, if it was on a, a Saturday, I came. I stayed with the evenings. And then I went back to the service, evening service there. We did, kept writing chapter after chapter. Some were good, like I said, when we first came here, it was bad, but praise the Lord, everything has come out working. We went from Indianapolis, Rochester, so finally I said, no, I uh, resigned active duty and I came as a reservist to Milwaukee with the uh, 84th Division. I, uh, February of 1992, we started the Spanish ministry at the church. And it was a blessing. And like Francis says, I know Spanish. We used to have, in the Spanish service, I used to have a Northland Baptist Bible College students come that were uh, sons of missionaries in Latin American countries. And I used to have one of them preach every, every Sunday that they came. When they preached, I would say, especially the uh, one from Spain, I would tell my wife, what's he saying? What's he talking about? When I preached, they would look at each other and say, what's he saying? What's he saying? <laughs> and, uh, but it was a blessing. We kept doing that, and we are, like Pastor says, we've known them since 1980. Uh, my kids have never gotten married, but when we came here, the Hoovers adopted my wife and me as their grandparents. We were adopted grandparents, especially Amy and Elisa, we were their adopted grandparents. And we, uh, we had a blessing with them for over 40 years now. 
pastor, when he came, like I said, my wife wasn't like his grandmother. She punished him. But I praise the Lord for him because while working here and when I came back, I was working in Chicago at Fort Sheridan. And one day in the wintertime, November or December, in 80, no, 90, 94, 94, I was on my way to work at seven o'clock and I slipped on some black ice. I spin, hit the railing here, spin, hit the railing here, and then a semi hit me in the front. My uh, conversion van was destroyed, but all I had was a clavicle bone. So I called Pastor Evangelist Hoover. I called him and I said, Pastor, can you come pick me up because I had an accident, but don't tell my wife about it. And uh, don't, don't say anything until uh, Pastor goes to my house and says, uh, uh, you kids stay here. I, I'll be back in a little while because uh, I have to do something. And my wife said, well, what do you have to do? You know, that you, you're not taking them. No, I have to do something. And uh, he said, well, your, your husband's had an accident. For, there's nothing wrong with him. And I praise the Lord because at that time, even though pastor was a, a young child, he, comfort, he comforted my wife. He told him, no, 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 it's, it's all right, it's all right, everything is all right. And, you know, we, uh, we uh, praise the Lord for that. We praise the Lord for all of them. We, uh, when my wife started speaking, first came here, that she went to church, she had a Spanish Bible, and an evangelist Herb Hoover would say, turn to John 3.16, and she would look in a Spanish Bible. And what he was saying there, what he was reading there, he, she was ready to hear. And if it wasn't for, you know, uh, Pastor's father, who uh, my wife says, no, I, you know, I, I can't speak. He said, forget about it. Don't be ashamed. Speak however you want and don't understand. And she did. She, uh, I praise the Lord because after after a while, you know, my preaching, she oversaw the wording that I had, and she would correct me. She was, she was my secretary, my teacher, my helpmate. She was everything to me. Uh, Ten years ago, next month, we started a new chapter in our lives. My wife and I, my... Uh, my wife lost her battle with cancer. She fought for two years. She fought for two years, but never made it. I guess it was because of this abortion issue that the Lord said, we need nursery workers, and you're one of the best, so I'm taking you and he took her. We started a new chapter, my daughter, my son, and I. Now we're about to 
start a new chapter in our lives, moving to Florida, getting, we have relatives there, but we have to meet new neighbors, new friends, find a church, because that's the first thing we have to look for, a church, and see how it goes. And all of you, in your lives, you've had difficult times, you have good times, you have, you know, different chapters written. Don't ever give up. You know, you can start all over again. Your uh, life hasn't ended yet, but the biggest, the biggest story that, you know, the biggest book that I see that you can write or be written in is, is in uh, in, uh, in uh, uh, Revelation chapter 1 and verse 8. It says, I am the Alpha and the Omega, beginning and the end, saith the Lord, which is and was and was and which is come the Almighty. If we have the Lord Jesus Christ as our Savior, we know that our life will, will never end. We'll always be with Jesus. And in Revelation 2015, it says, and whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. You know, I've talked about my life, the chapters that I've, 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 I've known, the people that I have known, like you all, the things that have happened to me. But I know that I'm reading the book of, of uh, the Lord, and I know that if I die, or when I die, that we're all gonna die. When I die, I'll be in heaven, and I'll be with my wife again. Right now we have, not only we have all of you here as our friends, our Christian friends, our family, brothers and sisters. In heaven, we have family, we have Christian friends, we have loved ones, we have everything up there. What we have to do is, instead of ending our lives before knowing Jesus Christ, you should know that we're all sinners. You know, we all have sinned. Like I said, I, I went through my terrible twos, terrible threes, terrible everything. I did something good, some bad. I didn't do anything, you know. And uh, don't think that because I'm preaching, or pastor's preaching, brother Schmidt is preaching, or any church you go to is preaching, that the preacher's gonna save you. Like I said, I've been to different, to different preachers and none of them saved me. Church is not gonna save you. This church is not gonna save you. Coming to the church, walking through that door, is not gonna make you a Christian. Just like if, if you put yourself in your garage, it doesn't make you a car. <laughs> All it does is you're crazy in there. But 
The only way you can become a Christian and know the Lord Jesus Christ is by uh, admitting that you're a sinner, that you need the Lord Jesus Christ to save you. Like I said, it might take some, something drastic like it took me. You know, already two events. The first one, my dad was different than my niece. When my wife died, I knew that someday I'll be with her again. If you're not saved, I tell you, part of what I've done, look in your life. You know, we're all sinners. We all know that we need salvation and not through anyone, anyone or any, uh, any church. If it was through the church, you know, you, like I said, coming through the doors of the church makes you a Christian, I would have been saved since 19, I would say, 1948, no, 1950. I would be eight years old. Well, let's make it a little older. Because I used to go every week. I used to go to church, no matter what church it was. But it wasn't to hear the word of God. It was following the girls. That wasn't going to save me. That didn't save me. The only thing that saved me was realizing the way my relatives, uh, different, the difference between my relatives and the deaths of a loved one. One couldn't handle it. The other one was knowing that they were going to see them again. If you haven't known Jesus, if you haven't come to know Jesus Christ, don't wait until it's too late because you don't know when your life is going to be over. And don't give up because your story, your, the chapter you're in isn't good. You know, all of us have bad, bad times and good times. You know, I had plenty of good times, plenty of bad times. But the only one that can really know if you're in the book of life is if you come to Jesus Christ as your Savior. Ask him to save you. Repent of your sins and ask him to save you. Let's pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for those that are here. We pray, Father, you work in hearts. I know this wasn't a message, a uh, message that would terrorize people. That I just pray that through what I said about my own life, Father, that others would come to know that they have the same situations, the same chapters, the same everything, Father, that not only I, but everyone here knows that they need the Lord Jesus Christ if they're not saved. They know that if they, if those that don't know Jesus know that if they were to die today, they won't see Jesus again. They won't see uh, their loved ones again. I pray, Father, you work in hearts. Thank you for this opportunity. You pray.